Hello, I'm Tash and you're listening to episode 211 of Chat Disney. to another episode of the Chat Disney podcast and today instead of Mercedes I'm going to be joined by my very own husband Benji and we're going to be talking all about our recent trip to Disneyland Paris and particularly what that trip was like going with our one-year-old baby boy but before we get into that let's have a quick look at what has been happening in the world of Disney this week. So starting off today with some news from Walt Disney World and the rock and roller coaster has been rumoured to return after its extended closure unchanged. Now Mercedes and her sister Morgan talked about this a few weeks ago when they talked all about the Avengers campus in Disneyland Paris and there were rumours that the ride was going to come back with a new band or just being themed around generic rock music but it now seems that we will be seeing Aerosmith once again as the face of the rock and roller coaster in Hollywood Studios. So do stay tuned for confirmation of that, which we will see very shortly when the ride reopens. We also have some new characters making their way onto the Disney 100 pennies that are available at Walt Disney World, in particular in Animal Kingdom. Now, a little bit controversial because these characters are not typically Disney characters. They belong to Fox, who Disney obviously acquired several years ago. And the characters in question are Sid and Scrat from Ice Age. So I don't really know how I feel about this, being that they aren't actually Disney characters. I don't think they have a place being on the Disney 100 pennies. But there we go. I think maybe this is something for me and Mercedes to discuss at a later date in an episode of Mad Chatter. And it has got people asking whether or not we will be seeing more merchandise with these characters on in future. I do hope not. I think that Fox movies should be kept quite separate to Disney, but that is my personal opinion. Who knows? And it is being widely reported that Walt Disney World will host the 2023 Out and Equal Workplace Summit, which is basically the largest LGBTQ plus conference in the world. And it's a conference that basically brings together executives, professionals um, and others working for the LGBTQ plus um, equality movement. So, yeah, great that that's going to be held at Walt Disney World this year. Heading over to Shanghai for some news as well, and springtime has hit the Shanghai Park, and they are celebrating it big time this year. There are some new Topere characters that have popped up, so we've got Minnie, Mickey, Duff, uh, Duffy, Donald, Daisy. Um, I'm personally not a big fan of these. I think they look a little bit creepy for some reason, but do go on social media and, and have a look and make your own mind up about them. Um, we also have Duffy and his friends in some new clothing. So each have a new floral outfit themed around a specific flower. Quite cute if you are a Duffy fan. And we also have some new foods, which is very exciting for Shanghai. So we've got some new dessert desserts that celebrate Sakura, which is also known as Cherry Blossom. Shanghai and China in general is very famous for cherry blossoms during the spring season. So we have a Sakura-flavoured chocolate churro and a Sakura-flavoured ice cream clone. And it's really nice to see Shanghai getting some unique desserts and snacks so I would love to try them they do look really tasty again head over to social media to have a look at them we also have some cruise news today that's a mouthful we don't normally have a lot to say about the Disney cruise on this podcast but they have announced a new island destination and which will be in the Bahamas and it is called Lighthouse Point and it will be welcoming families for the first time in June of next year so I'm sure we'll be talking a little bit more about this later on as we have more details about what is going to be available at Lighthouse Point. We also have some merchandise news as well, thinking of spring, and they have new Easter and spring-themed merchandise available now on Shop Disney, and includes some really cute Alice in Wonderland and Snow White kind of floral foresty prints, um, and a new pair of mini ears, and it's ears on ears here because it's mini ears with rabbit ears, so yeah four ears instead of your normal two lots of ears um, and they feature our rabbit characters so people like people rabbits like Judy Hopps and Thumper rabbit can be seen on them as well they are really cute 
And finally, some other news as well this week. And Halle Bailey, I think this is actually really positive. Halle Bailey has come out and said that the new Little Mermaid will update the story by discarding the archaic motive behind Ariel's motions. Now, Mercedes and I were talking about this recently when we did a live trailer reaction to the new Little Mermaid teaser trailer. Um, and we were speaking about whether they are going to challenge um, kind of some of the more controversial themes of that movie there are a lot of people now that don't even show that movie to their children because of the connotations of it so I'm really intrigued to see how this is challenged and what they do instead and what her motive is going to be I'm very happy that we've got confirmation that it is going to be changed for the better and I hope that this pleases a lot of people I'm sure it will and will be giving us a lot to talk about in June once this film has been released and that pretty much concludes everything that has been happening in the world of Disney this week. We're now going to move on to the main part of the episode, talking all about my recent trip to Disneyland Paris. So, as I said in the introduction, I am joined today by my husband, Benji, and we're going to talk all about our recent trip to Disneyland Paris. So, Benji, welcome to the podcast, or I should say welcome back to Chat Disney, because you have actually appeared on the podcast a couple of times before. You came on, I think, in our first year, which was almost four years ago now, which is crazy, um, in a segment of Ohana, and then you appeared more recently again, and you did a dummy's guide to Hocus Pocus, which was quite comical, and I think our, our listeners probably remember you for that, as it was quite humorous, your take on what you thought Hocus Pocus was. God, you probably all think I'm quite stupid. No, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of the podcast, me and Mercedes. You have your presenter podcast voice, which I really like. I'm probably putting on a voice. You are. I'm a bit, <laughs> but I'm a bit nervous. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's really cool to be back uh, and ch chatting with you about Disney. Perfect. So before we get into it, why don't you just let our listeners know a little bit about your background in terms of your relationship to, to Disney? So which parks you have visited before? and your relationship, as it were, to Disneyland Paris as well. Of course, well. yeah. When I was a little boy, we, Disneyland Paris was the park we always visited. We stayed in Sequoia Lodge, my dad was telling me, uh, one year. We stayed in the Newport Bay, I think, another year, and I remember vividly staying at Hotel Cheyenne, uh, which, as a little boy, I thought was amazing. Like, the, the dusty, like, uh, sandy... I just remember it being like the Wild West. Literally like the Wild West. That big, like, I thought it was cavernous. Like, that cavernous hall where you had your food. Uh, so I remember Hotel Sham was incredible. I remember the hotel actually more than the park when I was a little boy, interestingly. Um, but, yeah, and I visited, mainly through you and your love of Disney, I visited every park but two, haven't I? So I haven't visited Hong Kong, and I haven't visited Tokyo, the main one. No. The Magic Kingdom one. But I visited Shanghai, I visited Tokyo Sea, I visited uh, California... I visited Florida and I visited Disneyland Paris. Yes. So apart from Hong Kong, you've been to nearly every resort, which is quite impressive for someone who is not a massive Disney fan. Just so well travelled. I think <laughs> just, no, I'm, I'm modest. <laughs> I think it's just because I'm with you and your goal was to tick them all off and you did. That's probably the only reason we went to Tokyo was so you could go to uh, to Disney, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, it was really. No. <laughs> and I love Disney Shanghai. Like, I genuinely loved it. I share your love of that. It reminds me of a very happy time in our life, and it's such an amazing park. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we you know we spent so we spent many happy days there, didn't we? Yes, we did definitely. And you often say so. You're not. I mean, I think you were kind of the standard in terms of you were you know brought up with. Disney films, you watched them, you went to the parks, but you weren't, when I met you, you weren't like a Disney fan. But you have said before in the past that my passion and my love for Disney has started to rub off in you a little bit. And I think there was a period, probably for like the first few years of our relationship, where you didn't really get it. But I think now, and over the past few years, you have started to understand my love for it a little bit more. Is that I, fair? I, I think when you're really passionate about something, that it just rubs off. Like, I'm really passionate about a band called The 1975, and you are now getting into the... You got into The 1975, 
Um, I think, but I mean, it's on, on a slightly different level because Disney is like a whole universe and a world. And, but it's your passion and your enthusiasm definitely rubs off on me. And I, I kind of, I, I get it. I get glimpses of it where like at night you look at the castle and go, oh no, it does feel really safe. It does feel really nostalgic. It's got that like, it's for the inner child. And I, I really do get that. Um, I do get it. Yeah, thanks absolutely. to you. It is. I mean, like I was, I was trying to explain to you, wasn't I, when we were in Paris, what it is about Disney that I love, and it is, it is just a feeling, and it is that safety, that familiarity, that comfort, the nostalgia. It's just there are so many feelings that it evokes, I guess. Um, so the funny thing, let's start talking about about Paris then, which is why you're obviously here today. Um, so the funny thing about Paris is that the last time that you were there. I was also there with Mercedes and her family, but we were not yet together in a relationship, were we? Our trips crossed over by, I think it was a day, but I didn't really know you that well. I knew you kind of as a friend and I knew you were in Disneyland Paris at the same time, but I didn't know you well enough to be like, hey, Mercedes, this boy I know is here. Let's go and say hi to him. Yeah, I think we were crossed over by day and I think I was with my dad, my brother and my sister there. Um, Yeah. That's strange. Yeah, strange time. Because we were texting about it. Absolutely. So Mercedes and I already did an episode a few um, a few weeks ago or a couple of months ago about planning a Disney trip with a baby. But the angle we're going to be talking about today is, of course, the reality of actually going with said baby. <laughs> so again, if you haven't listened to any episodes before and this is your first, we have a one-year-old son. At the time this goes out, he is going to be turning one this week, which is crazy. And of course, for his first birthday, I really wanted to take him to Disneyland Paris. Completely aware that this trip was more for me than for him, but I really hope that as he gets older, he will be a Disney fan, and one day he will be able to turn around and say, hey, my parents took me to Disneyland Paris for my first birthday. I mean, what a great way to spend a first birthday. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, funnily enough, we took him in, he was quite grumpy, and usually you can get a smile out of him anywhere, you just have to leap up and down and do a star jump and go, "Eh!" and you can usually get a smile out of him, he's a really bubbly, happy, calm little boy, but as soon as we came in, he was grumpy. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get to that, I mean, that's all like, you know, expectation versus reality, (laughs) so when I suggested let's take him to Disneyland at at the age of one or before he turns one. Did you think it was a crazy idea? Like, what was your expectations about it? I didn't really think about it. I said yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that kind of (laughs) says a lot about our marriage. The key to a happy marriage. (laughs) I think I just said yes. But I also, I know it means a lot to you. And as I say, like, I admire your passion and your enthusiasm and your insane, sometimes slightly insane levels of interest when it comes to Disney. Um, so I was always going to say yes. Um, it mean, and, and, you know, it mean, means a lot to you, doesn't it? Absolutely. And did you have any expectations about what it would be like going with a baby in comparison to previous trips where we've been as a two? Genuinely, it didn't cross my mind once. <laughs> that doesn't surprise <laughs> but, me. But as you know, I don't really think about the future much. And I don't really think about the past much. No. So no. I'm... <laughs> I don't live with a lot of expectation. No. I think the first time I really actually thought about it was when we were packing for it the night before. <laughs> okay, yeah. And that's when it first crossed my mind. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't surprise me. And even me. then it wasn't like any sense of dread or worry about how it was going to be. It was just, you just, it's just, you take things as they come. Yeah. Okay. Especially with a, with a one-year-old. You have, to, you have to just take things as they come. I mean, yeah, and I think, as I've said to, to you on this trip, Ben, this has been a trip that I have been dreaming about my whole entire life way before children were either on the car even on the cards way before I even met you I always envisioned one day the first time taking my baby my first child to Disneyland so that might seem like a lot of pressure but even though I had that vision and that dream in my mind I didn't really have expectation of what it was going to be like and in fact I kind of let go of my expectation of, you know, how I expect previous trips to to go or like a normal Disney trip without a baby to go because going with a one-year-old is going to be so different. Mm. And I think that, yeah, so let's let's talk about that when, when we first arrived and, you know, you you kind of have that image of, you know, taking a beautiful photo of, of your son or your baby smiling outside the Disney castle. But I think... 
we arrived to Disney and he didn't even look just nonplussed with like a straight face. He actually, I'll have to share it on our social media, but he actually looked grumpy very to be grumpy. there. Very grumpy, which was quite hilarious. And you, and you wouldn't you wouldn't get a laugh or a smile out of him. No, for love nor money. No. And then even when we got into the main park, he, I think he had fallen asleep within like two minutes. We literally got to the castle and looked in the pram and he was yeah. asleep. But then before that to get there, you have to spend, what was it, 50 something euro to get that train from the airport to that. I mean, that's 10 minutes and it's not like a bullet train. It's not going that fast. No. I'm sure the next stop is probably like 10 euro. <laughs> if you go one more stop beyond it, it's probably 10. Yeah. It's they price up for that single stop to Disney. But you get into that station and there's no Mickey on it. You said that, didn't you? Yeah, so there's we... No so it. There's no, you know, Shanghai. When you go to Shanghai Disney, it's, it's all the Dawn's Disney characters. Yeah. So, yeah, so for a bit of background, we were originally planning to get the Eurostar, um, but then, because it was going to be direct, and then it got changed to not being direct... And it's so expensive to get the Eurostar that I looked at flights and flights were less than half the price of getting the Eurostar. Plus, we decided to fly in the day before mm. and stay near Charles de Gaulle Airport so we could then get to Disney earlier on the Wednesday so we had more time. And it also meant that we could leave later on the Friday as well. So we ended up having two nights um, at the, we stayed at the Sequoia Lodge. We had two nights there and then we had three days in the park, one full day and then two kind of, well, they were longer than half days, weren't they, by the time we, we arrived and then had to leave again on the Friday. I think everything's just Disney prices, isn't it? Because the Pret's probably like two the bit times more than you usually play for a Pret at the station. Yeah, exactly. They know because so you're very much in that community. You have, to, mm. you have to pay. It's like going to a festival, isn't it? Like they mm. charge ridiculous prices because they know you've got nowhere else to go. So... Yeah, the the journey was uh, it was it was it really, it should have been straightforward. So we got the the TG the TGIV train, I think it is, which literally takes ten minutes from Charles de Gaulle to Disney to Marla Valley, and you get to the Disney Village. So it's really straightforward. Not that frequent though. I think then the one after no. was about three hours later. So yeah, you can you can buy your ticket at the station for it, and it's one of those things where for some ridiculous reason. You do it all on a computer screen. You have to enter the names and dates of birth of each person traveling. You have to enter your email address, your phone number, your home address for absolutely no reason whatsoever, it would feel, because they don't check it against your passport details or anything like that. So it just feels like a bit pointless. And we were kind of up against the clock and a lady came over to help us. But I think that actually took more time because she was asking us our details and we were relaying them to her and then she input them. And it was very stressful as to if we were going to get this train and the next one wasn't for another three hours. Mm. And it is, yeah, it's not cheap. So it's about, I think it was about, I just over, it was about 47 euros or something for, for the three of us. Um, because for a baby you have to pay, I think he was nine euros and the rest was split between us or over us. So yeah, so it's not, I mean, it's probably, yeah, cheaper than, than getting, um, a taxi or a shuttle but I think if you got a slower train that would probably be a cheaper way of doing it but yeah as I say it takes you right to the Disney village so if you are going to fly in it's super super simple and literally takes 10 minutes and then we went to check into our hotel which was the Sequoia Lodge Hotel I stayed there in 2020 when I went with Mercedes and our two friends Steph and Laura um, and you said you stayed there when you were younger, but you can't really remember. So what was your um, take on the Sequoia Lodge? Like the trees, like the Sequoia trees. I don't know if any, maybe your listeners will know, or maybe you know, do they have to, do they ship those trees in from America? I don't know. It's quite rare. You don't really find Sequoia no. trees in Europe, right? It's a very American thing. Um, but that was really cool. They actually had Sequoia trees, um, like big Thick trunks and the way that the the twigs split, I find that really interesting. But <laughs> taking it off on a tangent, yeah. Because I went trees. and did some forest bathing underneath the trees, didn't I? When I sat under the trees, apparently that's strange. A strange thing to do at Disney. Well, I, I don't think it's just that it's a strange thing to do at Disney, but you did go and do it at about eleven o'clock at night on your own, so it probably did look a bit weird. A yeah, man Theo, under yeah a tree. maybe, but Theo was asleep in his pram. And I value, you know, it's very rare you get time on your own as a parent. There's a nice tree, there's a nice sequoia, let's sit under it, put your back back up against the tree, 
neck up, look at the branches, reflect on life. There's all sorts of meaningful things to reflect on. And then a couple of families walk past, give you a really weird look. Like you're on magic mushrooms or drunk or very drunk or something like that. I think our, our listeners are probably getting quite quite a measure of you <laughs> by, <laughs> by this story. So you really liked the hotel itself. What what about the room? I think it's quite basic. Um, like maybe like below, probably below the standard of like a holiday inn. Would that be fair to say? The actual room, not the not the frontage of the hotel. Or the inside of the, you know, like the main lobby of the hotel and the top floor of the bar, like that's a, that's of quite a high quality, I thought. But the actual room, I would say, is quite basic. Yeah. So we were we were in the lodges, weren't we? So we weren't in the main building, but I stayed in the main building in 2020, and the room was pretty much a carbon copy of one of those rooms. Yeah, so they are all like and them. yeah, they are a bit tired. I feel like the Sequoia Lodge did have some maintenance done to it several years ago when they added all the Bambi stuff. I could be wrong there, and I don't know when that was. Um, so it has been been looked at, sort of, I think, maybe in the last sort of 10 or so years. I, I could be wrong there. But, yeah, I think I think the rooms do feel a little tired. Um, they are very basic. Um, the Sequoia Lodge as well is not... So you've got the Santa Fe and the Cheyenne, which are the most affordable, and then the Sequoia Lodge is kind of the next one up from that. Um, so it's not the most basic of the, the Disneyland Paris hotels. Um, but I mean, it's fine. And, and to be honest, you don't really spend an awful lot of time in your room, do you, when you're on a Disney trip? No. It's just somewhere to kind of, you know, let, lay your head, get ready and, and that sort of thing. It is. It is. But on that point, though, if you're there in the day, like they have a, the quarry pool, don't they? And the health club, it's a health club and pool. And if you go there in the day, like I did, I can't take the morning off. There's a re- in the evening. There's a really nice ambience because you're just walking back and it's just visitors, and you you know and it's, it does feel really nice and feels plush. But in the day, all the sewage vans come in, and all the big all the cleaning vans come in, and they park all. So if you're going to the lodges, they park all down the walkways. So if you're gonna if you were relaxing, like if you were thinking if you're at a hotel, that you may want to relax in the day at that hotel. But I obviously the way Disneyland is designed is that people don't stay in their hotels in the days. So that kind of ruined the magic. So a bit it for kind you. of detracts, yeah, big time because it takes away the illusion. Yeah. Does that you're you're entering that kind of universe of Disney, and then you find sewage vans parked all along it, and you go to the quarry pool and they're doing loads of maintenance work around the quarry pool and the health club. So it kind of takes away from that. I don't know, maybe that sense of quality. Do you know what I'm getting at? I do know what you're getting at. I mean, mm. I guess I guess the question is when when would be another good time for them to, late, to do late that. Late, late at night. But then everyone's asleep. Yeah. And this stuff sort of stuff is going to make a lot of a lot of noise, but but yeah, I I I completely understand what you mean. It does kind of like I guess with Disney you kind of expect like fairies to come in and just kind of keep it all clean and immaculate and stuff whereas actually behind the scenes you think after those gates close in the park at night there are people in there, and again, until it opens, making it clean, watering the plants, cutting twigs, plants, trees, whatever. Like, mm. that park never actually sleeps, but it's just all this stuff that you don't think about because it's it's magical and it just happens and it just always looks pristine. People don't really think about the behind-the-scenes element of of the upkeep in, in a park or, you know, like Disneyland or any of the Disney parks. No, but I, and I, I think you make a good point, but I think the point I'm making is it's still a hotel. I guess maybe it's the way you view it. Because if you view it as a hotel, which is kind of, it is marketed as that as well, right? Like if you have a pool and you have other things, yeah, it is also a hotel. I don't think you'd stay at that many hotels and then loads of sewage vans would be parked everywhere. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what you mean by sewage vans. Like maybe they had a problem. Maybe they did. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a massive, you know, with the big like container, tin, like yeah. metal container, maybe and it's got a pipe, and there, but then they've got a pump. Maybe because it's lodges, it's not like a ho- contained hotel where you just go around and clean it. Maybe. And the way they do it with the lodges is they drive the cleaning vans around to the lodges. I, yeah, I don't know. So maybe it is part of the fact that the lodges aren't connected anyway, to the we've main hotel. we spent a lot of time talking about sewage, so let's let's move on. <laughs> I thought the breakfast at the Sequoia Lodge was pretty good, and I know you're going to laugh at me because I keep banging on about that plant-based sausage that they had, which they did yeah, not have did. in 2020. There were definitely more 
vegan options available now, which we'll probably talk a little bit more about next week because I'm going to talk about food with Mercedes because that's obviously one of her favourite topics when it comes to Disney. Um, but yeah, they had a, a plant-based sausage for the breakfast and it was really, really good. And you know, the sausage sausage was also really, really good. Good, yeah. But no, I, I was, yeah, I was quite impressed with the breakfast. I, I think it was the same as, as I had before, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was decent. And the first day I'd say it wasn't rushed. It was quite slow, but I think maybe the second day was a bit rushed on the breakfast. Okay, interesting, interesting. But yeah, we had the half board meal plan, so our breakfast was covered, so we didn't have to pay. We pay, paid for the meal plan, obviously, but we didn't then have to pay when we got there for breakfast. So we've talked about the hotel. We've talked about how we we've got there. We've mentioned sewage. We've mentioned we've sewage. We've mentioned the yeah, sewage. We don't fans. need to okay. go over that again. So the first day that we arrived, we obviously went into the main park. And we managed to single rider a few rides, didn't we? We did Hyperspace Mountain. We took it in turns while Theo was napping in his pram. And did we do anything else? Uh, single rider, I mean. No, I don't think so. I don't think so, no. I think the first day was kind of, we did a lot of wandering around. Theo slept for quite a long time, didn't he? Um, his first ride was the teacups, which we did finally manage to get a smile out of him on, which yeah. was, was lovely. Um, we didn't have any issues with getting him on any rides, so we did get him on Pirates on that first day. I wouldn't say he loved Pirates. Mm. Um, he did have a little a moment of crying after the first drop, but I think it was more the the people going, woo, or mm. that was terrible, but like, yeah, the people screaming rather than the actual drop itself. Um, we didn't chance taking him on it again, though. But I'm quite impressed that we did take him on Pirates. He, was, he did very well, you know. He's not even won, and he barely cried, really, the whole trip. I say, he's a very calm, happy little baby, really, isn't he? Like you yeah. say, he loved the carousel, the horsey carousel. And he did like the teacups. Uh, oh, he loved the boat. Are you going through this sequentially? Yeah. Uh, my mind doesn't work very well sequentially. Okay, well, we like that boat no, ride. No, we'll, well, we'll talk about attractions. Yeah, 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 yeah. He loved the boat ride where you go and you visit the fantasy lands, didn't he? he got a nice picture the of story the storybook boat. I story can't remember boat. what it's called, but yeah, yeah the storybook story boat. boat. He did enjoy that, yeah. And he also enjoyed Dumbo, which I took him on on the final day when you were at the hotel looking at the sewage vans. Um, I wasn't, I was swimming. When you were swimming, sorry. That's the only other thing I was going to say about that pool is they put um, wet side floor signs all over it. Yeah, but I feel like you're being really fussy there because but you, but the there's children, they wet, need to... Yeah, I know, but it's But then I guess you could say, obviously it's a pool, of course, so it's going to be wet floor, they probably don't need to have signs. Yeah, it's, it. it's a pool. But yeah, okay, fine, fair. So like if you have a jacuzzi and then you surround it with wet floor signs... Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, back to attractions. <laughs> so, yeah, I think... In terms of attractions and taking a baby on rides, so there are a majority of rides at Disneyland that don't actually have any height restrictions, and it is down to cast, cast member discretion. discretion, yes, as to whether they let your baby on or not. If you do want to know more about the rides in each individual land, then go back a few episodes and listen to our episode where we talk about planning a trip to Disneyland Paris with a baby, because we go through land by land and talk about exactly what rides they can go on. So we did get Theo on quite a few. We did we did Dumbo, we did the carousel, we did the, the boat ride. I took him on Snow White, which actually, while I was on it, I did kind of have my reservations that that might have been a mistake because that ride is actually quite scary I think it's probably scarier than Phantom Manor to be quite honest um I think Phantom Manor is is a little bit more light-hearted than Snow White um but he was he was okay with it I think hopefully we haven't traumatized him um what else did we take him on in the main park no it's the Caribbean we said that didn't we yeah um oh that can't have been it that he went on no I mean, yeah, we, we took him on on quite a few things. Interestingly, the the only things that people kind of, or cast members questioned us on with, it, with his age was the carousel. I got asked how old he was. Um, so I obviously said one. And then the slinky dog slinky spin, dog they spin. asked us as well. Mm. Um, which I can kind of, I think at I first you would be that. like, why are they asking it's on that angle. instead of Pirates of the Caribbean? Angle. But with Slinky, it is on an angle and you do slip about on that quite mm. a lot. And then with the carousel, obviously, some of those horses, the horses on the outside are, are actually really big and they do go quite high up. 
Um, so I obviously put him on one of the smaller ones and I the cast member said to me, you just have to stand with him um, or you can go in one of the carriages which which don't move. Um, but again, even though I was standing with him and I was holding it and he was sitting on it, having a lovely old time, it, they do go up quite high. And I was finding that my arms were like stretching right up to keep a hold of him. So I can understand why even though they say no height restriction, I can understand why there would be some cast member reservations about those rides. Yeah, I find it interesting that you say it's at the cast member discretion. Quite like a big call, isn't it? I mean, I guess I, I guess if he had have looked... I, I, I guess he looks quite young because he doesn't have much mm. hair, bless him. Um, and I guess... I guess we were holding him in the queues, weren't we? So he probably does look even even younger, maybe. But I think, yeah, probably if they they saw uh, babies, all obviously all develop at completely different stages. So I guess if you saw a one year old and they looked like they could barely sit up, mm. then then the cast member would probably say like, no, sorry, they're too small for this ride or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it just, I'm just saying it's quite a big call. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I completely agree. I completely agree with you. I mean, it, it, it still kind of blows my mind that there is no, there's no, no limit formal, on something like Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean. I think that's crazy. And there's but. not like a formal height restriction then, because a lot of theme parks do it with height restrictions, don't they? Yeah, so they do on some rides. Mm. Um, so I can't think of any examples while we were there. But yeah, there are some rides that that he couldn't go on because Space of Mountain. Things like Autopia, he couldn't go on, obviously Space Mountain. But things like <laughs> Autopia, which is the sort of thing that you think like oh he would be fine on that but actually he can't go on that I guess it's because you're in separate car seats kind of thing so you wouldn't really be able to hold on to him at the same time um but yeah I I think he I think he enjoyed the rides I I mean it definitely wasn't his his favorite bit but if you are going with a baby then it's I don't I think it's something to be be nervous about um you know, I always said with this trip, if I even got to go on one ride with him, that would be fine. I was more excited about shows and things like that. And just kind of walking him around and showing him things, taking in the atmosphere, meeting characters than the actual rides. The rides of this trip was a very small part of it for me, I think. Um, but yeah, I think I think he's at an age where he did get something out of the rides, especially the teacups and, and the carousel. Yeah. Definitely. Are we moving on to the meeting the characters? <laughs> right. In a minute. <laughs> so, no, because that the segue was that he enjoyed that more. Yeah, he did. Because he got to crawl. Yeah. So we, <laughs> obviously, my my one aim for this trip was for him to meet Mickey. I couldn't take him on his first trip and not meet Mickey. And so we met Mickey on the second day in the main But park. can I say the funny thing about that is we set a bit of a precedent, didn't we? Because you were like, I'll put him down and crawl. So we sat down and let him crawl around. And he kept queue jumping. <laughs> so he'd just crawl past everyone in front. And then I'd crawl after him. And then you'd get a few that people were like, oh, is he queue jumping as well? Because obviously you then, set, you then sit opposite to where he is, climbing up on the bars in the queue. <laughs> yeah, so for those of you who don't know, so you meet Mickey in Inside... Um, so it's a carpeted queue area and they have a screen showing Disney cartoons on it. Um, and Theo is, is a crawler. And actually, this is one thing that we both kind of said about the trip. If I was doing a trip with a baby again, I would go either pre-crawling or I would go once they're walking, even just toddling about a little bit. Because being a crawler, obviously, you can't just get him out and let him go and roam and I think he did get a bit restless at times being in his his pram or being held by us so when we were meeting Mickey it was a 45 minute wait wasn't it I think it ended up being more like an hour but we did just put him down and and let him crawl and and most people found it really cute and he made a lot of friends in that queue I would say and I think that was perfect Mm. for him just to burn off a bit of energy um so he was nice and content by the time you met Mickey yeah, no, it was cute, and then it, and then we ended up engaging with more people as well, which was quite nice. Yeah, he was probably the youngest kid in that queue, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think I saw other young babies on this trip. We but are going all over siblings. the place here, but I saw yeah with mm. older siblings. I didn't see any any babies his age with parents on their own. I don't think, especially not in ride queues. Yeah, I would say that. I would agree with that. Maybe the little one was in the pushchair more and the older kid yeah, was, was in the right definitely. kid. Or they were together. But. Yeah. So yeah, so we met we met Mickey and it was it was it was lovely. Initially, 
I had suspected that Mickey was perhaps a little bit tired that day um, and, you know, wasn't really in the mood for interacting as much. It wasn't kind of what I expected. But then actually, in hindsight, reflecting Mm, on it, I think Mickey was actually very good. And I think Mickey was very aware of, of Theo being a young baby and didn't want to be too kind of overbearing or over the top with him in case Theo mm, was scared. I think you're right. So actually I think... I, and I thought that when I rewatched the video, because it was really, he was really gentle, Mickey, wasn't mm. he? And like the way he, Theo reached out and touched his nose and held his nose and then he gently tickled his toes and gently tickled his hands. He let Theo stroke his head. He was very well. delicate, yeah, he really was and didn't make any sudden movements or big no. gestures, you know, the way they throw their arms yeah. out. And even when I came over, like when I've met Mickey before, because I'm a Nuba fan, close bracket, that usually that when Mickey meets an adult, I feel like they're very animated and they throw their hands out for the picture and stuff. He didn't re- Mickey didn't really do that even when they took the picture. And I wonder if that's also because there was a sense that he had this little... Yeah, quite And he didn't possibly, want him to be yeah. upset. So I think yeah. Mick, um, Mickey, Theo, wasn't... He wasn't, you know, beaming, but he was very intrigued by yeah, Mickey and very he interested. He wanted to stru- touch his velvety head and wanted to stroke him. He wanted to pull his nose. We had to tell him to be as very he was, difficult As he was pulling Mickey. other women's hair in the queue and <laughs> other guys' beards in the queue and... Yeah, he, uh, he loves faces. He does. He likes to explore faces. <laughs> but but yeah, I was I was I thought it was a very good first visit. First first visit, first visit of many. Um and then in terms of other characters, Theo and I met Tigger um outside Plaza Gardens just on the off chance Theo was actually asleep in his prams pram and I was going to walk into some of the shops and then I saw Tigger mm. and he didn't have a very big queue. And it was one of the only queues mm. where I could actually wait with the pram rather than putting it in kind of like the pram parking area before. So it was perfect. Um, and then just woke him up before we got to, to Tigger. And again, Tigger, Tigger was the same. Tigger was a bit more energetic as, as Tigger is very energetic. But again, he was very gentle with Theo, um, wasn't overbearing at all, let him kind of stroke him and explore his his face a little bit and stuff. So I think, yeah, in terms of character meet and greets, they were very well receptive to Theo. I did really, really want to meet a princess with Theo because Theo does love people mm. and I think meeting a, fa- um, a face character would have been a really good experience for him however the princess pavilion at one point on the last day was 280 mm. minutes wait which is just insane who is waiting for we did see Mulan we could have probably got a meet with Mulan she had finished she was being taken off oh, people were just yeah I just think people had just stood there and like were trying to get her as she was going off we also saw Rapunzel but they had closed the queue and I asked and they were opening it again um, when we had our lunch booking. And so we saw Goofy work. and Pluto. We, we, wait, no, we, we were going to see No, we Goofy saw them doing yeah, a meet, Yeah, we did though, see them. We? We, and we started By queuing, the but then King. they went off and then we decided to do the Lion King. Oh, should we do shows before. next? Yeah, all right, calm down. <laughs> we'll move on. Okay. So that was characters. We did, of course, segueing into shows, we did obviously see a lot of characters in shows and parades. And I feel like, Shows and parades. Nice. For... I just did the segue. Right, you can't okay, say yeah, segue yeah. again. I just did the segue. Shall we do shows? Then you All right, my steal podcast. it. Calm down. <laughs> so I feel like shows and parades were probably Theo's favourite element of the trip. Would you agree? I agree, actually. I took him to Frozen, um, which is in the one studios. in studios, yeah, where Ooh. they've got what's the name of the big bison thing? Bison thing. Rendis. <laughs> Rendis. <laughs> Oh they've got that animatronic spend yeah. the reindeer they do that they do the moves so they warm you up yeah and he was asleep for that bit and then we went through to the second room where oh god what's her name elsa no arna yes yeah, so benji did at one point refer to her as arla <laughs> arna comes out arna yeah arna comes out and sings and he woke up and he, i think it must have been quite trippy for him because he... was it arna or was it elsa it was it was Elsa. It was Let It Go, Elsa, the blonde. I said it wasn't even Anna. <laughs> Arno, Arno was in the was first Arna bit. Arno was with Sven. Yeah, okay. And Kristoff, yeah. whatever his oh, name Oh, I thought is. that's the bit you were talking no. about. No, and then he went, must have been trippy because he was asleep on my shoulder and just woke up and the whole audience was going, because <laughs> you did the moves, I'm making moves. Yeah. 
do this and you do the snow the cold doesn't bother yeah, me anyway and then that. i moved got to yeah. move his hands which was actually really cute like moving his hands in there so he really enjoyed that and then he also really you thought he enjoyed the lion king show didn't you yes we also did spirit of the lion king which is the first show that theo has ever seen in his life um and i was i i, I think doing anything in disney when it comes to the parades are different but when it comes to kind of like a sit down theater type thing or or dining which we'll talk about again you do kind of do it a little bit on edge because you're kind of always in the back of your mind is what if they start crying or what if he starts screaming and it disrupts everyone around him. So when we were watching Spirit of the Lion King, that was kind of going on in, in my in my head. And Theo, he is a baby that has a very high-pitched squeal. Um, not even if he's upset, but if he's excited, he does a very high-pitched scream. So it's, it's not the sort of thing that oh, you can... Do no, don't even try. It's it's <laughs> not the sort of thing that, that people look and see. And people always comment, people always say he's going to be an opera singer or something one day because of how high-pitched he can go. So I was kind of nervous with The Lion King about that, being that it was his first show and it was quite loud and bright and I didn't want him to get upset, but... Actually, he loved it. He was completely engrossed in it, wasn't mm. he? The whole way through, he clapped. Um, I think he really, really enjoyed that. He kind of held attention. He did get kind of distracted by some people around us at points, but he did kind of hold attention for the whole thing. That, it's and not that, very long. that family who were Italian, we later met, and they all had glasses on, didn't they? Yeah, and he loved them. And he was obsessed with them, yeah. trying to pull the hair, the hair, yeah, and the little girls were really definitely. obsessed with him. Um, so that's really cute. Yeah, definitely. And I'm going to talk more specifics in terms of what I thought of the shows and things next week when I, I speak with Mercedes. Um, so I'll let you know what I think, what thought of Spirit of the Lion King then. Um, and then you did Frozen with him. Yeah, and we did then we did, so we did the 30th, um, what is it called? Um, oh, yeah. That Shine 30th. Brighter, Shine that Brighter. show around the, the castle. And he loved that. So I did him that with him, just me and him on our final day. And we were so into it. I was dancing along. He was giggling away. He was smiling. He was waving. Aww. He learned to point at Disney and he kept kind of reaching out for the characters. I was a bit disappointed he didn't really get any interaction from the characters as they went past. Oh, really? You know, sometimes they do go up. Like there was a little girl dressed as Tiana, for example. So Tiana went up and gave her a hug, oh. which I thought was lovely. But again, it might be that thing of they see a baby and they're like, oh, I don't want to scare that baby. So maybe. I'm not going to go up. Maybe when he's a little bit, when he's a little yeah. boy, maybe That's that cute will though, because you, you said you had a really nice morning with him. It's cute cute that he he was in good yeah spirits. definitely and the same with the main parade as well he he really enjoyed that i would say yeah yeah he did yeah we got him to the front for the main parade didn't we? I, I think that main parade's great i think that's one of my favorite bits i would have happily watched it twice but we had our pirates to the caribbean restaurant booked at the same time we did we? yeah we did so yeah he was he was very easy i would say for the shows we didn't uh, there was nothing that was kind of different about what we what we did, um, what we would have done as a two than what we did with him in terms of, of shows and parades. And um, we did bring his little ear defenders in case it was too loud. And it was quite loud, but actually he, he seemed okay with them. Um, I guess the biggest kind of difference and kind of that thing of the reality of going with a baby was with the fireworks um, and the nighttime shows. So you have did the Disney Delight, the the show beforehand, um, which again, I'm going to give my verdict on that next week with Mercedes. And then we didn't have see the drones. The, we didn't see the drones, no. Um, and then we had the fireworks, and it was all perfect because he had fallen asleep about half an hour before this, and you know that was his kind of bedtime that he fell asleep at. He fell asleep at about. 8 I know. I know why you woke up. Um, by the way. Yeah, we're getting to that. He fell asleep at about eight o'clock in his pram and we were like, great, you know, if he's out for the night now and we can just transfer him to the bed when we get back, then then happy days. Um, and we managed to watch the the Disney Delight, I think it's called, the, the pre-show, the 30th show, and he slept through that. And then he woke up pretty much just before the fireworks started, didn't he? And he was very, very upset. Yeah, because he was right next to one of the speakers. That was a problem. And we were on the Main Street USA. It might have but been he, if he we'd had, gone somewhere a bit quieter. He had been next to that speaker the whole time, but they started playing that really, like, bassy, like, yeah, doom, doom, it doom, was loud. Doom music. And I think that's, that's what woke, what woke him up. Him up. Um, so, yeah, so... 
again, you have this kind of vision of, you know, watching the fireworks when you go to Disney and the fireworks are probably one of my most favourite elements along with the parades of going to a Disney park. And we had already talked about how the next night you would probably take him back earlier and I would yeah. stay in the park on my own for a bit, do some shopping, watch the fireworks. So I said, so can you stay here? I'll take him off. And I actually so I at the time insisted, no, 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 I'll take him, I'll take him. And I line. wanted you to see the fireworks because it was the same as Shanghai and, and you didn't know that. And so, yeah, I really wanted you to, to see them and have that same nostalgia that I got the first time I saw that and realised it was the Shanghai fireworks. Um, so, yeah, I, I took him off. So we, I didn't see the castle show um, and the fireworks that, that first night. So... That was a bit of a a bit of a shame, um, but it is what it is, you know. You have a baby, they get upset, you have to take them off, and and yeah, that's kind of the reality of it. You don't get to kind of experience you of your favourite things. No, no. Life is just like that. From start when you have a baby. Absolutely, really. absolutely. Switching off—that's what you're saying, isn't it? Just being able to like yeah. structure that evening in the way that you would have done without that, but not burdened, but. That responsibility. Yeah, definitely. No, that's a massive shift. It's a big um, key change, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And then let's talk about dining with a baby at oh, yeah, Disneyland dining. as well. Do you know what came so to my head we, then? Casey's, the so hot dog place. We Yes, yeah, so we went to Casey's Corner on the first night because we didn't use our, one of our meal plan vouchers because mm. I really wanted to try the vegan chilli dog. Um, which was actually pretty good. I was I was not, you know, it wasn't out of this world, but for Disneyland Paris standards, it was quite good. Their fries there are absolutely awful, I think, but, yeah. but that's just me, yeah. I don't think they were awful. They were terrible. They were we, like... We were sat next to Italian family again, and, so we had the... cold. Dad had his glasses on. The two daughters had their glasses on. He loves glasses. That's why I mentioned they had glasses on. Um, so that was nice. And I had the BT one. They are pretty good. The locations was quite good. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah, he was he was fine there. We we bought our own food. We bought food pouches. It's in for, Florida, for Casey's, Theo. isn't it? Uh, it it's is in, in the Florida, yeah, in Florida as well, in the Magic Kingdom. So we bought um, we bought lots and lots of snacks for for Theo. Um, he's of an age where you can kind of keep him happy with snacks. And we also bought um, pouches, um, like pureed pouches, which he's not a massive fan of, but. He doesn't eat enough to justify buying him a kid's meal at the moment. So we kind of came armed with things for him. So that was quite easy in, in Casey's mm. Corner. He got to sit in a Mickey high chair, which I was thrilled about. All of them had that Mickey high chair. All of them had the Mickey high Same chair. Same Mickey yeah. high chair. Um, and then with breakfast, just to quickly say, we hadn't paid for him because they don't they don't include the meal plan for kids under three. So yeah, so for breakfast, we just got him bits from from the buffet um, that that he could have. Um, and then our first meal, and again, I'm going to talk specifics in terms of what we actually ate and what my kind of feelings were about what we ate there next week. Um, but just to give an overview, so we ate at Captain Jack's on the first full day for we kind of had a late lunch so that's another thing with with a baby is kind of trying to do it around meal times so I didn't want to do a lunch because it was too close to breakfast but then I didn't want to do it too late either because he would have got really grizzly and upset if he was hungry so we ended up doing it about 4 45 I think it was um, because that would be the time asleep, that would be the time that he would normally have have dinner. So yeah, he was asleep when we went in, and they did say we asked if we could take the pram down, and they as he was asleep, and they said yes. And of course, sod's law. As soon as we got to the table with the pram, he woke up. Um, so there goes our nice. We had hoped for a nice no. quiet dinner while he was asleep. But actually, um, he was good as gold. He was good as gold. He was as good as gold. gold. Yeah, and we we gave him the, our own food that we had bought for him, and he was absolutely fine. Um, and do you know what? I'll say some things about that. That that restaurant's really cool, isn't it? Like it's. I like that it's. You can hear jungle noises. It's really quiet. It's really peaceful. It's such a different ambience when you go into the pirates. It is, but also, and I think I so like it. Our second day, we did lunch at Waltz, and. That was very quiet as well. That was very quiet. But in a different way. In a different way. In a more judgmental way, I would say. No, I don't think it was judgmental. I wouldn't I would. say I wouldn't say that. It's still Disney, but I think that I, no, I, I mean, think we we felt I think as a family with a baby, yeah, we felt more, more comfortable being at, at Captain Jack's than we did mm. at Waltz. I think I personally felt more 
exposed with him. Yeah. I guess Captain Jack's is, is dark and we were we were we were kind of in a corner and there were other families around, but because you do have that constant noise and you have, you know, the ride and stuff going past, there's a lot more going on. Whereas Waltz, you know, it's it's quite compact in there and it obviously does feel a lot more upmarket. It is still Disney. I think you were quite more on edge about it than I than I was. I didn't enjoy Waltz. Um, no. I think Not yeah, baby, I, but it, I think baby. it is that thing at that point. You know, he was he was fine, and again, he was he was as good as gold. But he did he was starting to do like excited squeals and things like that. And I think at the end of the meal, you did take him off, didn't you? Because we were quite aware of it being very quiet in there, and people, you know, people go there for. A nice relaxing meal. They don't necessarily probably want to hear a screaming baby but the, or you know, a squealing the, but baby. But the food was better at Pirates, Captain Jack's. I thought than Waltz as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. Agree. Their menu's quite original and interesting. At, um, Pirates with Waltz, I was impressed that they did have baby food that they gave us for free. So mm. they brought out a couple of choices for like a main course, and they then went and heated that up, and it was like a kind of chunky puree. Um, and then they bought him a little dessert, like a jar of apple sauce. Apple um, and that was completely free for kids under free. So I was quite impressed that they did that. We didn't get offered that at, at Captain Jack's. I don't know if that's a thing that's exclusive to Waltz or not. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was that was a nice touch. But yeah, it's just that reality. Like I had wanted to eat in Waltz for a while. I always kind of said to myself on my next Disney trip, I'm going to I'm going to check it out. Um, and I think, yeah, the the reality of, of eating there with a baby is it's not a relaxing, nice, calm lunch. You are slightly more on edge. So I think if I was going again, I would go back to Captain Jack's with a baby. I wouldn't do walks with a baby. Mm, great. I just preferred Captain Jack's in general. Yeah. I think the ambience is really different. It's quite, quite a unique dining experience, isn't it? Like the lighting, the service was really good, I thought, in, in Captain Jack's in both. as well. Service was good in both, but I, I felt, it might, I might have been neurotic and in my head, but I felt at Waltz that it, it's not really, it, it, it's mass, I, I don't know if, it, if it's rude to say masquerading as fine dining, but it's, the food wasn't fine dining quality, yeah. daddy's for sure. Yeah. They, they've built it like a kind of Americana fine dining experience, haven't they? From the early 1900s, I don't know. Relatively early 1900s. Is that what it was meant to be? From Waltz? like Waltz time. Yeah, Waltz like time. The 1930s, 40s. 30s, 40s, yeah. yeah. Um, 1920s. Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of see, I see what they're, they're getting at. You know, that really traditional Main Street USA. I see why it's a dining experience and it's, but it's, um, it feels quite cottagey, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like there's lots of nooks and crannies when you walk around it. Um, but I just felt, I felt on edge about it. Yeah. Because it really is quiet. Definitely. And I think really it's I, I think it would be interesting to see other people's feedback about some of the other dining yeah. options in, in Disneyland because although it is still in Disneyland, yeah, I de I definitely did feel more on edge being there with a baby than I, I probably would have anywhere anywhere else and I wouldn't do it. I mean I probably wouldn't eat there again anyway, but I wouldn't do it again with, with a baby. And if I if I knew someone that was going with a baby of Theo's age or younger, I would probably recommend somewhere somewhere else. Um Do you know where I would have really liked to go? The Ratatouille restaurant. Yeah, that just, it was all booked up. Yeah. I wanted to take you because there. Because I don't reckon there you'd have had any issues. You wouldn't. No, that would have been absolutely It's fine. noisy. Yeah. I can tell. Yeah. I, I didn't see people in there, but as I was coming yeah. off the Ratatouille ride, I can tell it's a hubby, it's bubby restaurant. It's more family friendly. It's a hubby, bubby restaurant, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. No, as I, in I, hubbub. Yeah, I completely, yeah. I completely mm. agree. I think most other restaurants are probably are probably like that um, on the, the Disneyland Paris, Paris property. Um, a bit more family. family oh, you get family. you can get a pin that's exclusive to Waltz, right? It's yeah. like seventeen euro or something, isn't it? Yeah, um, which is quite a lot for a pin. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that is probably like the snack. That's an exclusive one as well. Like mm. You can only get that if you eat there. So, yeah. Well, I put so I put something in my story, didn't I? I said Disneyland plus wife plus baby equals bankruptcy. Mm, yes. <laughs> and I didn't mean that like really cynically, but like it is. They do. You, it does feel a bit like they're shaking you for your worth, Disney. You go in, it's <laughs> shake them out. <laughs> so monetize this, monetize that. So let's talk about kind of 
final thoughts of, of going with a baby. I feel like this has kind of jumped here and there and everywhere. This hasn't really been coherent. This this episode, we've kind of gone a bit all over the place with it. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of things that you would maybe do differently next time, is there anything with a baby? Well, next time he'll be toddling, we go back. Yeah. So that'll make a big difference. I probably wouldn't have eaten at Walt's. Um, oh, taking him out late at night. So that was quite when he couldn't sleep because he, he's off his nap routines. So yeah, that's so the that's, reality that's fall a out personal choice, I think. So mm. we we made the decision to not go back to the hotel for his naps and kind of just let his normal nap routine. He's on two naps a day, a morning and an afternoon one. And we kind of accepted that that was just going to go out the window. We're, we're not, he has a routine, but we're not like governed to the routine, are we? Like we are, we can be quite loose with it and flexible with it. And we didn't want to be going back to the hotel every now and again for his naps. So we decided to just let him kind of fall asleep as and when in the pram. So I think on some days he ended up having maybe three naps. And um, mm. so by the time he got back to the hotel in the evening, he wasn't necessarily tired um so yeah you took him out again one night didn't you and you went to the little play area in the sequoia lodge yeah and that was quite well designed because it was um it was the, the redwood bar so you can order an ipa at the redwood bar and then across the way is the uh, children's area so we had a good time playing with a couple of older kids and a, a cool spanish woman and her cool daughter who were doing star jumps and a row of like exercises there so you end up, I don't know, you kind of like speak to people, which is quite nice. So I kind of enjoyed that. But you know, in that moment, I kind of imagined it'd be nice to go with friends, like family friends. Yeah, kids. definitely. Because in that moment, I was like, oh, you could be here with your little ones. You got a beer from the Redwood Bar. They're playing there in the Sequoia Lodge. And I kind of could imagine it then. Yeah. Not being on my own, but being like with another dad or something. Like that, that could be really nice. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think that, you know, being with a baby they do get a lot of a lot of attention and a lot of fuss and Theo always seems to to get that. Yeah, especially by even the slightly older kids. Yeah. Who definitely. are like because they play um like Disney Junior and stuff in the in that area as well. So that lots of the older kids just kinda of sit around and watch Disney Junior. But he just like crawls up and sits with them and jumps on them and you know. <laughs> Yeah, he, he had a great time doing stuff like that, didn't he? Um, so yeah, I think my kind of take home home from it would be, or my advice to anyone going with a baby would be, don't go with any expectation at all. Mm. Um, your baby, I think we were, Theo is a pretty chill little boy, um, but he could have hated it. He could have hated every ride we went on. He could have been an absolute nightmare in, in the shows and things like that. He could have screamed the whole time. So I think you kind of have to go with an open mind. Don't go expecting your trip to be how it would normally be pre-children or without children um so yeah going with the flow is is definitely a big one um I would also say as I already mentioned go either pre-crawling or once they're walking I think it would just make life so much easier um for for you and and them because they want to crawl yeah because even yeah. things like in the ride queue like we had our baby carrier but we we didn't use it some of the time and you end up holding them because you can't just put him down whereas at least if the baby is is walking you can kind of put them down and let them like toddle through the queue a little bit can't you um so yeah they would kind of be my two biggest bits of, of yeah. advice and i'd say disney's like probably aimed more at kid, younger kids isn't it than babies there's not a lot of like uh soft play or do you know what i mean it's quite a yeah lot even even because they've got the there. little play play areas haven't they but the only thing yeah. really Theo can go on at, at the park is is swings, and they don't have swings. No. Like he went on the slide, but there wasn't a lot else that he could do in the little kind of play area. So again, I think if he had been toddling about, that would have been a great place for him to go and just sort of have a little bit of a run mm. around to burn off some some energy. Um, but yeah, and we really didn't see any like many other people, if anyone really in our situation. I would say with you know being two parents and a, and a baby of his sort of age. No, weirdly, I don't think we did. Yeah. No, we don't. I don't know why one Momo piece of advice would be. Um, beware of the sewage trucks at Sequoia Lodge and um, forest bathing, lying under trees and forest bathing is perceived to be weird by some hotel guests. They've been my two things. What about with a baby? Uh, with a baby, just love them. No, I don't them. mean your advice Care for, for a baby. I mean your, for advice for anyone <laughs> going with a baby to Disney. <laughs> 
<laughs> just love them, care for them, nurture them, uh, make sure their needs are met cool, in Disney you. or outside of Disney. Yeah. I think the other thing to mention as well is quickly the pram thing as well, because you can't, and I guess that is the whole thing with a crawler, like I just mentioned, you can't take the pram into a lot of these queues and things because it would have been great, you know, if he was having a nap in his pram and we could have got in an hour-long queue for something, that would have been ideal, but you can't take your pram into a lot of queues, so that didn't really work, so we had, and we ended up doing a lot of kind of just walking around, didn't we, um, while he was asleep, which was nice, because I, I love doing that at Disney anyway, because I think you kind of get a lot from it, you can really take in the atmosphere, going in the shops, things like that, we single-rided at those points and took it in turns Bloody to busy, watch him. Though, it is busy. Bloody busy. Um, if it was half as busy, it would probably be quite a bit less stressful. There's a lot of people in that park. Mm. But, yeah, so, that. Benji, thank you so much for coming on and, and being my co-host today and talking all about Disneyland Paris. No worries, thank you so much for having me. No problem. And that pretty much sums up everything we're going to be talking about today. We will be back next week. I will be talking with Mercedes all about my Disneyland Paris trip again. And we'll be focusing more on specific attractions that I did and we did as a family, the shows and food specifics. So if you want to hear about that, do join us again next week. Same time, same time, same place. Bye for now. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.